This is the IFF TV Podcast. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV and the League of Ireland First Division show. I'm joined by Jared Brown and Gary Spain. Lads, how are we? All good, Paul. All good. Good, 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 good. Keeping well, Paul. Um, Can't complain. Good stuff, good stuff. And now we'll go straight into it. We'll start with the league leaders at Longtown. They had a 3-0 victory over Wexford FC at that Longtown Stadium on Friday. Great win for them. They're top of the league, lads. Brilliant stuff. Jerry, you start. Yeah, fantastic victory for them. Probably didn't expect it. Um, win as well. But probably the first time, even though that they are the league leaders, it's probably the first time they've actually gone into the game this season where they actually would have been favourites. I think everyone else would have been expected to kind of take results off them. So... They have to give them credit. They handled the pressure uh, in this one really, really well. They got some well-taken goals in this one. You know, Jamie Hollywood got them going in the 18th minute. Uh, Alex Wickshead with the assist just pulling the ball back from. Had to wait then into the 76th minute for their second goal. Wickshead again with the initial effort that was saved by Tom Murphy. But Duna, James Duna was there to hammer in or blast in the rebound. And then if you get a chance to look at their third goal, Shane Barnes. I have just, just wrote my notes there. Gaza Euro 96-esque. It mm-hmm. was fantastic. He just flicks it over the fender and then hits it in the half volley as well. And he's, I think, of all their kind of signings, he's one that's kind of gone in under the radar because they've got a lot of players that come down from the Premier Division, like Saduna and Wickstead, who I've already mentioned. And then you have the likes of, you know, Derek Daly, who's experienced in this division, Adrian Freel. But Shane Barnes is someone that you would especially know, Paul, from watching a good bit of Cabin TV last season. He was crucial for them, popped up with a lot of goals. And he's been very, very impressive so far. And it's good to see him get on the score sheet. But they're absolutely flying at that loan at the moment and take on Cabin TV now at home again on Friday night. Another game will be fancying their chances of getting a win and they're looking very, very well. And suddenly now they are being put in the bracket and conversation of being serious promotion contenders this season. Yeah, definitely. I think with Shane Barnes as well, he was unlucky not to get, not to get a goal last week out with the Carlisle against Bray. Uh, the referee stopped the play for some reason as he put the ball in the goal. No one, know, no one knew why. So... Look, it's good that he got a goal. And I think a big difference for them as well is having Curtis Byrne in that free roll. He's he's just, both games I've been at, he's dictated both of them. None of them have been able to mark him. So I think it's a massive difference for them, as well as the other signings as well. Gary, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, at long, they continue to surprise. I mean, Jarv said it. They were expected to lose to UCD on opening day. UCD needed a last gasp equaliser. Then at home to Galway, they had Galway beaten in the first, what, 20 minutes, half an hour. They were 3-0 up. Uh, went up to Bray and beat Bray. I mean, they just keep continuing to pick up results. And it's, I think everyone's been looking the last couple of years at loan have been bottom of the table and expecting the same. They did, they did turn it around a bit last season. They did end the season very well. It may not show that in their league position, but they picked up a few wins. And of course, they went on the fantastic cup run, which again gets forgotten because of the hammering in the semi-final. So you, you've mentioned all the players, the, the experienced Premier Division players, guys in their mid to late 20s that have been around the block that know what's happening. So I suppose if you look at the teams, it's not that big a surprise, but I think everyone is shocked by how well they're doing. And... Uh, well, good luck to them. And uh, now the one queer concern I would have is the size of the squad. And if you do look at the likes of the Shelburne's, the Galways, the Braves, they do have, um, they also have experienced Premier Division players, but they probably do have bigger squads. And uh, we can go on and talk about some of those those clubs as well, but Braille of players coming back from injury, etc. 
So it may take its toll if Athlone were to get a few injuries, but at the moment there are two points clear in the top and flying high, uh, four wins and a draw from five games. So hats off to them. Yeah, I, I did. You you said UCD got the last minute equaliser against them. It was actually Athlone who got the last minute equaliser that night. Oh, was it? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Sorry that was probably that, yeah. No, that, that that probably kicked them off in a way because like. They, they actually deserved to win that night. They were the much better side from what I remember anyway. UCD just kind of got two goals and two shots and that was it. And um, yeah, you mentioned as well their form was much better last year. I remember seeing them against Cabin Teeny when Cabo were starting to fluctuate. And uh, yeah, they were brilliant. Ronan Manning was a huge part of it as well. And obviously him leaving was a massive setback. But look, they brought the players in and they're doing 100% better than they were last year. This is the IFF TV podcast. So, delighted to be joined by Athlone Town goalkeeper Michal Stingerman here on our first division show. I suppose to talk about Friday night's victory against Wexford and their fantastic start this season. First and foremost, Michal, how's all with yourself? Not so bad, no. Thanks, Jerry, for having me. Um, appreciate it. Uh, obviously, we've had, we've had a good weekend there, so it's uh, just probably kicking back into the, into the week now and getting ready for the next game. Yeah, we said we'd get you on because I suppose you are kind of the big talking point at the moment surrounding the, the first division. I suppose you've caught many kind of pundits and many people by surprise with your fantastic start of season, top of the table. It, but that was another fantastic victory as well on Friday night. Probably fair to say, probably would have been kind of a game you would have been, many people with you from the outside would have been one that you're expected to win. And probably the first time this season you kind of would have been favourites. But you got the job kind of done, an early goal in the first half from Jamie Hollywood, and then two more goals in the second half from James doing it. And Shane Barnes to give you the 3-0 victory. But there was certain stages that game where it was a little bit shaky. Her reports that Killian Cantwell had to make a good interception at 1-0. So the scoreline doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, to be fair, I suppose, like you said, when when you start so well and, and kind of play the teams that we had played in the first couple of games and got such positive results, um, those games against the likes of Wexford then are really your kind of banana skins or your, your kind of you know, you, you kind of could set you up to set yourself up to slip up um, if you don't show up. So I suppose it was good and it was important that we did turn up to that game with the right attitude and the right kind of mental preparation for it. Um, we knew it would probably be more of a battle than the previous games. Uh, like you said, it was the first time we were favourites. So probably the first time that there was real pressure on us to actually go and um, and win a game. Yeah, a couple of good finishes there for the three goals. But I think the one that obviously would stand out most was uh, Shane's finish towards the end. I think the commentator from LOI TV described it was Gaza-like from Euro 96. It was some finish. Yeah, it's a lovely one for him, in fairness, you know, because he's worked hard to get get himself in. And um, obviously he didn't start the game, so it was nice for him to get on the score sheet co- coming on. And I suppose that's probably another kind of a big thing that we have. We, we have goals kind of coming from, from everywhere. Um, Especially in, I suppose, the attacking, the attacking third. Uh, those attacking players have all chipped in so far this season. Yeah, just look at the season overall in general. I suppose sometimes football and the sport in general can be defined by small little moments. And I think you have to look back. Maybe it's the first game of the season where you got that late equaliser against UCD, and that kind of got things going. And you just kind of wonder if if you had made maybe a losing start that night, what the other results that have came would have followed. Yeah, like momentum is is kind of a huge thing in in sport and especially in team sports. So, um, it was really important for us to get that to get that goal and, and get that result and take that home. And, and and like you said, then it could have been a different story if we if we hadn't have picked up uh, the point there. But 
Um, it did. It, it kind of feels sometimes when you score late on like that, even though you're only drawing the game, it does feel like a bit of a win, and you can take that positive um, momentum into the next game. And and it has done. In fairness, we've we've kicked on since. Yeah, like five games in the season, top of the table. And you look back at some of the games you won, like going away to Cork and winning, Galway at home, Bray away, three teams that everyone would have expected to be where probably where you are at the moment in terms of the table. Have you even kind of surprised yourselves by taking such a strong return and having 13 points at this stage in the season? Yeah, I think we have, um, I suppose, our main target coming into the season would have been to just be competitive as, as a group. We had a lot of new lads that needed to be kind of bedded in and, and that team chemistry needed to be um needed to be developed and, and that and, and thankfully it's happened quite quickly in terms of results anyway and performances on the pitch the the team look like they're they're playing together quite well and we're um we're battling and it's not just you know it's not just pretty football it is actually a, a good bit of hard work involved there as well because like you said the teams we've played against um their top teams and their top teams in the division with high expectations on them and I suppose we come in under the radar a small bit starting off, but then the, I think after the Galway game and especially then after Galway and going winning down in, in Cork, the cat is out of the bag a bit about uh, what we actually have uh, in the in the dressing room at Athlone, and it's um, it's positive. Look, uh, like I said, we, we'll probably have to just continue and be competitive and go into the go into each game with that mindset of of you know just kind of trying to build on last year from from a club's point of view. And, uh, and kicking on and, and taking each game as it comes. Yeah, you touched on it there, how well the players are kind of gelled. I think I've seen some, or someone was saying to me today, I think it's 14 signings in the off-season, only two players remain from last year. Like, how even more impressive is it that, given the fact that it's basically a new squad, all the players you know, are new to each other, they've gelled so well, and like in these difficult times as well, where you don't get a chance to kind of mingle and socialise and mix each other off the pitch, it literally is just come in, you train and that's it and play matches it's the only time you actually get to meet up and you've already hit the ground running yeah like i think the club and the manager there have to take huge credit for for the team that they've built and i suppose the main difference this year when you look at the squad is they seem to have invested in in the playing staff that have come in like for, for myself looking at the league with where i'm located in the country it probably wouldn't have been realistic to come here two or three years ago you know so this year Cabsy has has really kind of put a good plan together and you know the club have put a they're having a right goal like you know so it is um it is really down to I suppose the organization from that point of view starting off and then you know the lads who've come in then just taking responsibility and, and doing and doing their job themselves. Finally just before we uh, finish up as you were kind of saying to me in WhatsApp and we we're trying to organize this uh, interview and everything else like that, you're working from home and we've heard so many people talk about what benefits it can have in their general lives over the last 13 or 14 months. But for someone like yourselves and for other players out there that are part-time as well, has it made a big difference in, in, or has it made much change to your kind of your structure and your routine over the last, I suppose, since you kind of came back playing uh, last summer? Yeah, I think for me, I have a nice kind of a, it's a balance at the moment where I have to be on site some days uh, during the week and then I can work up from home on other days. It definitely makes it easier from a recovery point of view, which would have always been the main difference between um, full-time football in this country and part-time football because, you know, the, the part-time football, we're, we're still training probably similar amount of times a week. You know, you'd, you'd still be kind of the contact hours might be similar enough, but the real benefit for the full-time clubs is that access to the players outside of work. Um, so for me, it definitely makes makes it easier because my travel to Athlone from from Mayo would be would be the biggest point to that, the biggest kind of time killer. 
So um, being able to work from home means I don't have to travel from work to training. I can just travel from home to training. And then in the mornings before work, I don't have that commute to work either as well. So I get my extra recovery at nighttime as well. So definitely for myself, it helps. And I'd imagine there's there's a lot of players in a similar situation around the country that uh, it's actually made life a little bit easier. But on the flip side, there's probably there's probably guys there now, you know, maybe in the fitness industry or something like that who are actually out of work maybe at the moment or, you know, trying to balance the books by doing everything online and trying to fit everything in online that way as well. So um, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, nice to see uh, Roscommon and my old man can actually get through a civil conversation there. Michal, thanks very <laughs> much for joining us on the channel today and hopefully i get down to an athlone game and see you in the near future. No problem. Thanks, Emil, and all the best. This is the IFF TV podcast. And that was me all shooting him and talking to Jerry Brown there. And we'll move on now to Gary Spain's Treaty United, unbeaten Treaty United, Gary. 2-1 win over Cork. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's been an amazing start to the season because I've said it already, the team was cobbled together. We got into the league late and got late notice. Tommy Barrett's done an amazing job to cobble the squad together. And I think this was expected to be a season of consolidation in the first division. And it's amazing that they're still unbeaten after five matches and particularly a monster derby at home to Cork City. And obviously intense local rivalry and to actually win it uh, was absolutely superb. Uh, it, it was a great game and I, I suppose with my neutral hat on, uh, it, it was probably a pretty even game. I'll have to be trying to be fair like that. Uh, Cork were actually the better side for much of the opening uh, half an hour. Uh, Ty Grind had to make a fantastic save from Dylan McGlade. Now Treaty did kind of get the upper hand before the goal and it was a bit a flurry of corners, a um, couple of half chances. And then uh, just on the half an hour, uh, a corner from Mark Ludden, Clyde O'Connell uh, smashed a header against the crossbar. And uh, Anto O'Donnell was there, uh, his second goal, a Corkman as well, to, to put Treaty one up. And at that point, it was maybe slightly against the run of play, as I said. Cork came back a bit. Dylan McGlade, he he actually had a great game uh, going forward. He's very good on the ball and was always a threat. And maybe a bit in the free roll, like you were talking about, Curtis Bourne for Athlone. So he set up Keen Coleman, who uh, used to play for Limerick FC, actually, uh, former Pats player as well, Jar, obviously. And uh, he headed he headed home the, the equaliser about five minutes before half time, And uh, cracking first 45 minutes of football, Second half, Treaty were on top, uh, certainly the early stages of the half, uh, hit the woodwork. Cork came back, they had a spell, hit the woodwork as well. And it was really nip and tuck. It could have gone either way. I, I suppose Cork will feel, I, I think probably fairness, they probably feel they deserved a point. But um, 11 minutes from time, a long throw from Mark Ludden. It was head, he was Matt McKevitt, uh, headed it on. And there was Matt Keane. Uh, a carry man, his first goal for Treaty, and uh, he finished it with a lovely volley on, on his weaker foot as well. And uh, look, even without fans there, it was a fantastic night. Uh, Treaty were, were clapped off. It, it still felt like there was a great atmosphere there, even though it was only a, a small number of um, of people there. It really is, and I know I keep saying this, but it's one of those nights where you really wish there was fans because there would have been a few thousand there. Cork would always bring a big crowd to the markets field, and Limerick's been buzzing because of Treaty's great start. Uh, 
had done so well unbeaten now in five games and there would have been a huge crowd and it would have been absolutely rocking to to win it with a late goal like that but um five matches unbeaten and uh we keep expecting it to to go wrong and uh but so far it's been absolutely great and sitting level in joint third just behind ucd on on goal difference yeah fantastic jared you have anything to add no, I just think the the plot to it is, is perfect, kind of as Gary said, a uh, Munster derby where a Limerick based side beat Cork or the winner scored by a Kerry man, it really kinda of has it all and, and nearly takes in half of Munster. But yeah, it's a huge, huge win. To be honest, again kind of as Gary kinda of said, like I'd still kind of wait for that result where not not so much so that things are gonna go wrong for Treaty, but more so that eventually the Cork are gonna kind of pick it up. Like I I honestly thought Cork would at least get something from this game, but it's mad to think that like, you know, one of the big favourites for promotion. They're ninth in the table after five games, four defeats on the bounce. Like it's, we, I touched on it there a couple of weeks ago after they lost that loan, and we all thought maybe like when they got relegated from the Premier Division last year, that was them hitting rock bottom. But clearly not. Like it's it's worse to kind of come, and we've we've seen a couple of casualties with managers in the in the Premier Division. You know, I'm not kind of calling for anyone's head. I don't ever want to see anyone get sacked or anything else like that. But I think it is kind of fair to say. That like Colin Healy has to be under massive pressure, and you would fear if he doesn't turn results around quickly, that Cork kind of could be under, or that his job would be under big pressure. Just one thing, kind of Gary, you kind of said there, I kind of would echo as well from a kind of Pat's point of view. I'm just kind of enjoying, to say Pat's is a good run, just taking game by game and not kind of getting carried away. I presume it's just kind of the same trend with yourself with, with Treaty United, and even though despite this strong start and you've given yourselves a good platform. Are you kind of already kind of getting sucked into hopes of, of a playoff spot or saying, look, let's just let's just see how this goes and enjoy the, the ride while it's good? Yeah, I think it's a case of, of see how it goes. I mean, if you look at the other squads around, it's a very, very competitive first division. And uh, if you look at the squads, the likes of Galway, the likes of Bray, the likes of Cork City, they, they, they have some really good squads. And you would expect over time, over 27 games, they probably will will move ahead. But certainly, uh, I'm absolutely delighted with the way Treaty have performed, the the players that, that have been discovered, and particularly with the way the players are really fighting for themselves for the for the team. And it's a very well organized, very well motivated uh, group of players, and that can go a long way. So. At the start of the season, I was just glad to have a team in the league. 2020 was the first time Limerick had no team, no senior men's team in the League of Ireland, going back to 19, when we joined the league in 1937. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I still think promotion is very, very unlikely. A playoff spot, possibly. But I think there are much stronger squads in the division. And it would be a case of building towards next year. But look, you take what's on offer and, and you never know. Um, Friday night away to Shelburne will be a real test. And uh, I mean, you'd still expect Shells to be hot favourites for that. But um, maybe ask me on, on Saturday morning. <laughs> Good time to ask. And uh, I, I, just a brief mention on Cork. I'm actually going to see them this Friday against Bray. And obviously we'll talk about Bray later on. But I think that game is very important for both managers now, not just Colin Healy as well, because I think Gary Crown will be under a bit of pressure now that they haven't won yet, because I've seen them a couple of times and they've been all right. But again, we'll talk about them later on in the show. 
obviously, Gary, you caught up with uh, treat manager Tommy Barrett and the match winner Matt Cain, and here they are now speaking together. This is the IFF TV podcast. It's Gary Spain here for Irish Football Fan TV with Treaty United's Matt Keane. A Kerry man getting the winning goal against Cork, Matt. You must be delighted. Ah, yeah, look, absolutely delighted. Look, first and foremost, look, I suppose I'm most happy to get the three points. But look, getting the three points in the Munster Derby, especially over Cork, is uh, even more sweeter. And your first goal for the club, can you talk me through it? <laughs> ah, yeah, look, I suppose we've been working on those set pieces, especially those throw-ins with uh, Mark Ludden. Uh, look, we've got a couple of chances off him all year. Uh, look, you know, this time Matt McKeever kind of flicked it on to me and look, I was just in the right place at the right time, sticking the back of the net, so yeah, absolutely delighted with that. And I think you, you put in with your left foot and you're more of a right footer, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right, but I walk away with my left as well, so look, it doesn't matter as long as it goes in the back of the net, we're happy with which leg, it doesn't matter what leg it is. Okay, I think you, you played on the right tonight and in central midfield last week, uh, which would you prefer? Uh, well, I was on the left actually tonight, I was centre, centre last week, uh, right the week before that, so look. Wherever Tommy puts me, as long as I'm on the pitch, I'm happy out. Look, just do a job for the team. As long as we're winning and getting three points, I don't mind where I'm playing. And can you t- tell me a bit about the, the character of the squad? Because it was cobbled together at the last minute and you're fighting like, like tigers for each other. It's unbelievable. Yeah, look, I suppose, as I said, it was a tough job in Tommy. You don't need, I think it was three days to, to assemble the squad. But look, there's great spirit in the boys. We see in training when we train there Tuesday, Thursday nights. Everyone gets on together. There's no real clicks or anything in the squad. Uh, everyone just works their works work so hard for each other um, and look as you said there's great spirit even even when we, we first half especially we weren't really at it we had a few words at half time second half then I thought we were excellent and we, we were fully deserved of the, of the win in the, in the end Five games unbeaten but now Shelburne away next week it's going to be a tough one Yeah look I know it's for Shelburne I know that we won the best in the league but look we don't go into game, any game fearing anyone we're, every game we're just we're there and we're, we're, going to, we're going to compete and we'll hopefully come out with three points and look we're unbeaten so far so Long may it continue. That's great, thanks. With Treaty United manager Tommy Barrett after this fantastic 2 1 win in the Munster Derby. Tommy, you must be delighted. I am, yeah, I'm thrilled for the lads because, you know, we, we probably deserved to win last week against Galway and, and this week we weren't at our best, but, you know, we, we ground it out and it's great to get the win against the good Cork side, to be fair. Does it say something about the character of your side? Because I thought you were under the cosh for a lot of the game. It does, yeah, we got a great bunch of lads there, you know, they show that grit. Uh, Look, I felt, I felt in the first half, like, you know, it was fairly even, although Cork had a lot of possession, it was all in front of us, and in, in fact, you know, we probably looked like scoring more clear-cut chances, but they certainly took their goal very well, and as I said, they're a good side, and uh, the second half, I thought the first 10 or 15 minutes, we were the better side, then it swung to them, um, and then we got, we, we got a, a decent goal from a set-piece, um, but look, I suppose they can feel a bit unlucky, all right, yeah. And what about Anto O'Donnell, his second goal of the season from centre-half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, it was a well-worked move um, and he got on the end of it just to tap in and he, I think he hit the bar, Jack hit the bar in the second half but he, he had one cleared off the line as well so, you know, we troubled him from set pieces and, you know, you could see they're together uh, every day like they played some good patterns and good football and, but, you know, we ground out the result, it was great. And Matt Keane with the winner at the end, must have been delighted for him. Yeah, I'm delighted for Matt, he's used to see how hard he works, he, he's, he's a great lad and he grafts and he grinds away and it was a really good finish actually because it was on the volley and it was coming down that could go anywhere so I was delighted for Matt, yeah. It was his left foot as well. <laughs> yeah. Shelburne away next week, tough games keep on coming. Yeah, look they're all tough, every game is tough, we're, you know, but we're up for the fight. Okay, that's great, thanks. Tom. This is the IFF TV Podcast.
And that's the two lads speaking to Gary Spain there. And we'll move on to Jer's game. Galway United 2, UCD 2. Jer, talk us through it. Yeah, uh, similar to Gary as well. It was an enjoyable game. <clears throat> High-scoring game, late drama as well with Padraig Cunningham coming off the bench to get an equaliser for Galway. Um, overall, despite the fact it was the home side that had to get that late goal to get back on level terms, I do think Galway probably slightly won this game. I think they were a little bit more on the front foot, doing a little bit more of the attacking. I kind of said this as well in my updates on the socials on Friday night. I felt when UCD took the lead in first half injury time through uh, Evan Weir, that it probably came slightly against the run of play. Galway defence completely switched off. It was a lovely cross in by Harvey O'Brien and then Weir hits it down past Conor Kearns. But credit to Galway, they had a great response to start the second half. Only three minutes in, they were back on level terms. John Coffin made a substitution at half-time. He brought on um, Shane Dotterday. It was his long throw-in. Found Rory Keating. He headed against the post. It didn't seem to kind of hit off the back of uh, Conor Kearns. Ran the Conor across the goal line and Keating then kind of responded and he then just slams it into the back of the net. And Galway kind of continued to kind of be quite on top after that, like without really kind of creating much chances. They had a good long range effort from Rowan and Hurley that tested uh Kearns in the goal, but he was kind of alive as well. And then with 20 minutes to go, UCD went back in front. It was a corner from Lean Kerrigan and there was Harvey O'Brien to head home. You wouldn't, it's mad to think, like I was just saying as well to Andy Myler afterwards, like he hadn't even played one minute of action yet this season. He had such an impact in this game. Came in, of course, for, for Michael Gallagher, who was missing from the UCD lineup before the game. And obviously, as well, Paul Doyle, who's has established himself as one of the top players in the, the division. He was not even involved in the match. They squad injuries there as well. So, But credit to Galway. Like, again, they kept coming, kept fighting. And again, like true impact of sign of how much uh, it is now more, more than just an 11-man squad and how you need your bench. And, that man again, Doherty with another long throw in and there was Padre Cunningham to, to head home. And in the end, like I said, even though it was Galway that got that late equalised, I do kind of felt they were a little bit more in attack footing. But you know, credit to UCD, they took their chances quite well. They still looked a very well organised side. Obviously, the fact they were so close to victory, I think, is just seeing the post-match interview with Andy Myler afterwards, they were a little bit annoyed. And it's definitely still a better result for them than Galway, like, because they're third in the table Galway like just from chatting to you know, a couple of media outlets before the game Paul Corcoran from Extra Time and Keith Kelly from the Connor Tribune they were saying they really needed to win this game or they seriously kind of see how they can kind of get going in this division so they do kind of need, I know John Coffey was saying he was happy with the spirit and performance and stuff like that and getting the late equaliser but I do kind of feel it still was two drop points for the home side Yeah definitely and Gary do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah well I mean I I'd seen Galway the, the week before and again it was a last gasp equaliser against Treaty and if I was trying to be fair to say that Cork possibly deserved a point in the markets field I thought Galway were very fortunate to get the point against Treaty um, if anything the game should have been out of sight by that so they probably have been disappointing for a team that finished last season so well and have gone full time and they're currently eight points behind Shelburne with potentially the three points to come. I see they've been awarded that against Cabin Teeley, but it's subject to appeal. But they'd still be five points behind Shelburne and seven behind the leaders at loan, which it's not that big a gap, I suppose, at this stage, but it's certainly not where they would have expected to be or wanted to be. Now, having said that, I still expect Galway to, to move move up the table. Um, 
they have uh, they have a lot of good players and and full-time football is going to tell uh particularly when the the midweek games etc come in and even just injuries suspensions etc it's it's a lot tougher on the part-time players so I, I i fully expect galway to move up the table ucd i suppose ucd are no surprise they always lose players and they always unearth players they did well to hang on to colin whelan even though they lost yo-yo magdy with their two main strikers last season so i, I think they'll be there thereabouts in the playoffs but uh and, and that's that's just UCD. I mean, sometimes if you look back in history, UCD do go into some slumps in the summertime, maybe going a, a, a few games without a win. So I don't expect UCD to, to win the division, but I would expect them to be there or thereabouts in the playoff spots at the end at the end of the season. But Galway, they haven't had a win on the field as of yet, and uh, that's got to be got to be concerning but i would expect them to turn it around fairly quickly yeah i'd actually agree with you on that one i had galway to be right up there with shells for uh competing for the title between the two of them just because they look like the two best squads but again you can't say that off paper and i think with ucd it's always kind of the same thing you know they do they get a few good wins they score a couple of goals but they're always capable of conceding the last minute equalizer which they i've seen them do several times including that playoff defeat to longford where they conceded two last minute equalizers in extra time and normal time so uh i think that's just the way with ucd unfortunately but look they play good stuff and they're definitely going to be up there like you've said and uh obviously jerry you caught up with andy moiler and john Caulfield after the game so have a listen to those names this is the IFF TV podcast. We know the ins now quite yet with say the Cavan TV game, what's going to happen there. But on the field they play, it's still four games that will win. But it's the second week in a row you've got a late equaliser. So it does show there is good character in the squad. Oh, absolutely. These are brilliant lads. And, you know, it's a brand new team and we're working hard. And, you know, you could see that today. You know, we come back from one down. You could even say the second goal, the OG, was a killer. But the lads bounced back and we scored and possibly could have got the winner. But uh, um, absolutely great attitude amongst the lads and I'm delighted with it so um, we've played three games and you know we've had two draws and we've come back and uh, so we just had to call the soft goals but you know the way the lads are battling uh, I'm sure we'll turn around very quickly. A massive impact off the bench, Shane was heavily involved with the both goals, his throw-ins and Pork only four minutes on the pitch yeah. gets that goal too. That's what you need and great competition, the lads coming off the bench, the whole lot of them did great and same last week and uh, we need that impact when, when we make changes and uh, you know I, I can't praise the lads enough because they're, they're working hard, they're doing great and they show that character there tonight when last week and tonight you could just lose the matches but they kept going to the end and uh, um, so um, yeah we're, we're, we're close, uh, we're close, we just need to close the soft goals that's all. I know it's only five games in to the season, but it's already been a crazy first division. You've teams, particularly at low, maybe a lot of people might expect to be at the top. Maybe it might be fair to say, like yourselves, Bray, Cork, down towards the bottom, or we've been expected the other end. Are you kind of surprised to see that it's just an even division this year? No, because I said from the very start that this, this year league would be, every week would be tough, and that with all the teams have invested, and they're good teams, and you have to be in your game every week. But I felt in the last couple of weeks, and particularly night, was our best performance, that you could see that they. You know, a lot of the work we've done on the training ground is beginning to click in. It's a bit slower than we, we'd hoped, but that's the way it goes. But plenty of time to go, and uh, we just need to we just need to cut out the, the soft mistakes at the back. And you're away now on the road next Saturday against Cove. They don't play till tomorrow night, so it does give you a first chance to see what they're all about. At Cove, you know, tough venue, good side, know them very well. You know, tight venue, and always a you, you always a tough place to go. And uh, we'll be working hard. 
you know, uh, during the week. And uh, we'll have to be on our game. Same as you keep saying every week. Yeah, every team is battling like mad and every game is tough. And uh, we just have to cut out the, the soft goals and uh, see can we go ahead. And, and we haven't done that so far this season. And uh, that's the challenge we have to do. John, thanks for your time, Stephen. Yeah, listen, as we said to the lads in the dressing room there, you know, we can, I think we can be disappointed with the result because of, of, of how the game went. But I don't think we can be disappointed with the performance. Um, you know, I think from a young side, showed a lot of character right from the start. Galway, very, very difficult proposition, uh, very strong side. So um, to get ourselves up in the game twice, um, and for that second half, a long period uh, of you know where we played, I talk quite well, um, and looked likely to actually go on and maybe make a three-one. We didn't in the end. I mean, we got us hit with a sucker punch near the end. But to be honest. Um, I think we'll be alright if we played like that uh, away from home most of the time this year. Um, so happy with the performance. The result is a bit of a kicker in the end, but we'll take the point. Listen, we've no, we've no God-given right to come down to Galway and win games. Uh, so we'll take the point and we'll, we'll go home happy enough. Yeah, keep your unbeaten starts this season. A lot of good individual performances tonight as well. I suppose the main player that stands out was Harvey because it was his first appearance of the season. Mm -hmm. Gets an assist and gets a goal, so he's definitely give you a couple of selection headaches for next week. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we spoke about the squad uh, before the start of the year. I think we used 23 players last year, and you find yourself turning to fellas uh, when we've got injuries and fellas in form or whatever else like that. And Harvey's been absolutely brilliant in training for us uh, over the last while, so it was the time to put him in, and he took his chance. Uh, absolutely brilliant. So like you say, when you put fellas in the team, you want the headache after picking the team next week, so that's what Harvey's doing there. Just notice down from looking down your team, looking down the team sheet for the start of the game. No Paul Doyle or Michael Gallagher names in it. Any update there as to that? No, oh, just the injuries. Uh, Michael got a knock against. Um, uh, when was their last home game against uh, Cavendish? Was it? I think. Yeah, just there last yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. So I think Michael got a knock. Um, uh, Paul got a knock in training this week. Uh, he's just struggling a little bit. So um, that's all there, there is there. Yeah. Yeah, and you picked up another injury as well just before half-time with Luke Bohr. Very, very heavy challenge has to be carried off. Any year, you kind of up the even on that one? Yeah, I suppose nothing wrong with the challenge. So it's just two fellas going for a ball. Um, it, it looks like it might be just... We're hoping it's just a clash of knees and a very tender spot and it's just bruising. Uh, but we'll find out more uh, as we go over the weekend. Uh, it's a bit swollen at the moment, but hopefully <laughs> we're losing defenders at a rate of knots at the moment. So it would be good if that was good news. Um, for this is the IFF TV podcast. John Caulfield and Andy Myler there with Jer. And now we'll move on to the game that I was at at Stradbrook. Cabin Thiele won, Shells 3. So uh, obviously not much to note in the first 20 minutes, as you could probably see by my Twitter my Twitter post that uh, I didn't even realise Shells had got a penalty. I just kind of said they scored the penalty. I don't know what Shane Farrell was taken down. It looked like a free kick. Ref gave a penalty. There was a lot of chat about it. Obviously, it's kind of difficult to see at Stradbrook where we're, where we're sitting, but that's just where you have to be with the COVID at the minute. And uh, so anyway, Michael O'Connor stepped up and put it past Adam Hayden to make it 1-0 to Shells. Uh, then shortly after, a goal of the season contender from Shane Farrell. He says he meant it on the Shells patron. I don't know if he meant it. Personally, I, looking at it, it looks like he was trying to cross it and it swerved into the top corner. But look, if he says he meant it, he says it meant he meant it. So it's 2-0 at halftime to Shells. Probably expected considering the situation in Cabo at the minute after the COVID situation with Galway. Into the second half, Shells were just dominating, holding on to the ball. They got a free kick on the edge of the box. Kevin O'Connor stepped up. It deflected off the wall. Cruelly, Adam Hayden went the wrong way and it bounced into the goal to make it 3-0 just before the 68-65th minute. And then Cabo got a consolation near towards the end. Bad defensive mistake by Shells. And Jem Campion came in, headed over, uh, headed over, uh, headed over Brendan Clark for 3-1. And that was the final score. 
Uh, personally, looking at it overall, Shell's just had more experience. That's it. I don't think they were that good. I don't think they had to be that good. They were just more experienced. I think you can see the situation with Kevin Thiele after the COVID thing. It's affected them because they did get two wins out of two before that. And they were looking kind of good, you know, beating Cork at home. I mean, listen, I, I know Cork are struggling, but at the time, Cork won their first game as well. So you wouldn't have known. But um, yeah, Shell's just had more experience. And I think that's going to show a lot throughout the season. They didn't even have Georgie Point and the likes Keith, who's probably been their player of the season so far on the field. Yo-Yo Maddy's only been coming on and we expected him to start and get goals from the get-go. But uh, it was good that Michael O'Connor got his first goal of the season, get him going. But uh, again, I think Shells just have more experience than most in that division and that's shown. Do you have any thoughts, Jer? Yeah, probably not too surprised to see this result come in on Friday night. I think after a bit of a slow start to the season, Shelburne now have finally found their groove and found their feet and it clicked into gear. It's three wins on the bounce and they could be decided to uh, inflict pain on Gary on, on Friday evening, but I'm sure Gary, the biased uh, Gary's fan, has something to say about that in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think as you kind of said there as well, like um, you know, then two quick goals, just about two goals in the space of 15 minutes just before half time. I think that kind of gets them a good cushion and a gap to go into for the second half. And probably never really looked like uh, throwing away the lead as you touched on there. As you said, like they signed very, very well. In the off season as well, you know, kept hold of a couple of good players like Georgie Point. And I was at the game against Bray, um, their their second game of the season on Good Friday, and he was the standout player, definitely from a Shelburne point of view that night. And like you know, even as you touched on, like even he wasn't playing that night, and still managed to get a good result in a fixture that has been a bit of a bogey team for them. Kevin Teeve, even even though like Shelburne were in the Premier Division last year, they still have caused them a couple of problems. I was at a game the season they actually got promoted back in 2019, and Kevin Teeve actually bet them on in talk park one of the first few games of the season as a cabo yeah it, it is kind of a question you just wonder did that game being called off against galway to stall their kind of momentum because they were kind of making their traditional quick starts the season getting a couple of wins but they kind of drifted off now already and as you kind of say like you've we've touched on teams like galway cork we're going to touch on with bray in a couple of minutes they're also kind of struggling that would be deemed to have better squads and you know, more full-time clubs than Cabin TV, so you expect them to climb up the table quicker than in Cabo. So it could be a struggle for them this season. They could be down there with the likes of Wexford and Cove and not really featuring the in the promotion or the playoff picture uh, this season. But look, time will only tell. They have to go to Athlone now on Friday. That won't be an easy task for them, but if they were to get a result there, it could get them back going again and get momentum on their side. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Jerry, Gary, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen Cabo yet, so it's hard to um, to comment too much. But I, I imagine that the, the COVID thing has affected them. That must have been a big blow, big blow to them. And I'm sure they, they they were very keen to play that match against Galway. Uh, they just weren't allowed to play. I watched Shells on the LOI TV on the opening night against Galway. And that was actually a very good point because Shells had 10 men for the, the whole second half and, and actually hit the woodwork, nearly won the game. So it's a bit ominous when you're saying, Paul, that having a slow enough start. I mean, they, they also drew with Bray, which, OK, you might, they might have expected to win that, but it wasn't. I mean, Bray have only lost one game. They haven't won, won any, but they've only lost one. So that wasn't uh, too bad a result. And then the three wins on the bounce. So um, I am uh, look, looking forward to seeing what shells are like. But um, it does look pretty ominous at this stage that, 
And I mean, you mentioned so much of the attacking talent they have, and the, the likes of Yo-Yo Magdi is only on the bench, and uh, the likes of Michael O'Connor. There's uh, Georgie Pointins, probably the the star player, as you said, and uh, so there are a lot of goals in this Shelburne squad. So they have to be favourites to win the division, even though they are two points behind that loan as it stands. Yeah, and I, I don't think I was saying it was a slow start. I, I just don't think they've played overly well in any of the games. And I don't, like you look at even Paul was at the Wexford game. He said they, they just weren't at it that night. And they, they got the win, and I think that's important as well. But I, I, just, I think there's more to come from them. You know, I think they could do a little better with the squad they have. But that's just personal opinion from me anyway. And uh, obviously, after the game, unfortunately, I couldn't chat to the Shells lads because they were just heading off very quickly. But uh, I, I did catch up with Pat Devlin and Kerry Marty Waters, and you can listen to them here now. This is the IFF TV podcast. Paul Dean here with Irish Football Fan TV, joined with Captain Team Manager Pat Devlin after their 3 1 loss to Shells at Stradbroke. Pat, how do you feel after that? Disappointed? Oh, yeah, disappointed, but we were beaten by the better side. Goals were strange. You can complain, you can moan, you can do whatever you want. But beaten by a better side, I think Shells will be up there or thereabouts at the, at the end of the season. Uh, we can do a lot better. Unfortunately, we've been hit by all sorts of issues and problems, both on the park and off the park. But we're not going to make excuses. We need to get on with it and just play a, bit, a little bit better than we've been doing. Stop making the mistakes. And surely, uh, I'm sure that we will we, pick up points after that. But beaten by a much better side tonight. Yeah, and obviously you must be a bit worried that seven goals in the last two games. Must yeah, be a that, bit that, that, you know, everything is worrying, but that certainly is, you know, the, the, the goals are all very similar. If you look at the four last week and three this week, I mean, they're weird, they're strange. We're not getting the little decisions either now, to be fair, you know, but that, that would be another excuse. I'm not going to make excuse. We need to stop the rot and we need to get back and play and get a couple of points under our belt because we are capable of it. But we, you know, our, our whole team has been decimated. It's been lots of changes since the court game for various reasons. And we just need to get a bit more stability in the team. And we will do. But we have a lot of injuries as well. Yeah. And finally, we'll end on this one. You have Atlone next. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, look, we need to regroup. We need to get ourselves moving again. We'll get down to Atlone with a certain amount of confidence. But we're playing the team who are probably the best in the league at the moment. And we'll give it a right go and give it a rattle. I remember last year Atlone came here and, you know, they were down the bottom of the league. We were up the top and they certainly gave us a game and a half. Uh, you know, we were lucky to, to get a draw of it. Yeah, that's great, Pat. Thanks very All much. All right. Marty, how do you feel after that? Devastated. Um it was actually it was a decent game. It was just we we made three mistakes and we got punished three times. You know, it was a bizarre game. We had chances ourselves. We didn't take them. We had chances last week. We didn't take them. You get punished at this level. So it's a yeah going for going forward. We have to come in tomorrow, watch the clips back and and uh, really learn from it because if if you make that a habit, you get punished every week. You know. Yeah, and you must be blue in the face talking about. It, but you think the the way you lost the game to Galway, I know wasn't fair with the Colvin situation and stuff. Do you think that's affected you? Because you've got two wins out too the first couple of weeks. Well, it does affect you as, as a team. You know, like you're 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 down to play. We were fit, we were all fit and well. Like we had twenty nine pot or negative cases, and uh, what's called we didn't get to play the game. We were all came down ready to play, and when we told to go home, it, it was a bit unnerving. But yeah, it's football. You have to move on too. You know. Yeah. But uh, coming in tonight and. Losing tonight was a bit bitter, but 
oh, here, you just have to move on. You can't just keep dwelling on the, the negatives, you know? Yeah, and uh, obviously, as Andrew mentioned, have at Lowne next week. What's your thoughts on that one? Not a good side. Um, as I say, we, we need to get out of this little rut we're in. But uh, if we can if we can do well against that Lowne, hopefully that can be the spark that we need for the rest of the season. But uh, we have to come in and try and correct wrongs and, and go from there. Cheers, that's great. Thanks Cheers, for This is the IFF TV Podcast. That was Pat Devlin and Kieran Matthew Waters talking to myself. So, obviously, we have one more game left to talk about. Uh, it was Cove Ramblers 1, Bray Wanderers 1. Brandon Kavanagh put Bray ahead in the first ha- it, 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 on the 59th minute, and then Charlie Lyons got a penalty back for Cove Ramblers to make it 1-1. That's the fourth draw now for Bray, and uh, Cove obviously got their, Cove got their first win last week as well, so it's still very tight down there at the bottom. And uh, Gary Cronin's under a bit of pressure, lads. What do you think, Jer? Yeah, it's been we talk about you know Shelburne making a slow start for turning things around, but I don't think you can say the same for for Bray. I think you can definitely say this has been a slow start for them. Five games in, no wins. You look at their squad, and you know you'd be expecting them to be right up there and kind of challenging. And with no disrespect, as well as maybe to the likes of you know Treaty United at low and Cove before a ball was kicked this season, there were games you would be expecting Bray to win, and they haven't now. I didn't see the game on Saturday night, but I did read uh, a report on this game on extra time. He, from what I kind of gathered from that, they did seem to be the better team. Connor Clifford seemed to have a very, very good game. They had a couple of good chances in the first half with Joe Doyle and Richie O'Farrell. Gave away that penalty about 13 minutes to go for a foul on John Cavan, as you touched on there. Charlie Lyons stepped up and, and converted it. But it's just really hard to kind of know with, with Bray. I suppose we've, we've all kind of had a bit of a benefit. We've all seen them. At some stage this season, Paul, you've seen them twice, so you're probably a little bit more uh, better place to talk about this. But I like just from watching them against Shelburne because it was sort of kind of that was such a crazy game and it was just a brilliant game to watch. I think you just appreciated the entertainment. I didn't kind of really know what to expect and then or what to kind of make from it. And then when you kind of see the results the last kind of couple of weeks, you kind of think like, what's going on there? Like they should be doing better than what they are. But as I kind of said, that like, you've seen them actually now twice since then. You saw the next two matches after against UCD and Wexford and kind of was there anything much to kind of take away from a positive point of view from Bray despite the fact that only got one point from them two matches I think the problem with Bray is and Gary Cronin did mention it in the interview after the UCD game is that the three strikers up front Joe Doyle Gary Shaw and Darrell Lynch they're all not fit they're all carrying injuries and I think that's a massive thing for them they start off with Brandon Cavanagh up there on his own where they could probably deal with one of those lads with him playing off them it would probably work so much better. Whereas I've always noticed in both games, Brandon Cavanagh has come back. One of those lads has come on. They're obviously not fit though, from what I can tell. And uh, Brandon Cavanagh gets more involved in the game. He gets more more of the ball and they look better then. Uh, against that loan, they had all the ball in the second half, but they just couldn't create a clear-cut chance to take. And I think that's the problem with them is that if they have one of the lads up there, then like Gary Shaw, the likes of Gary Shaw, Joe Doyle and Daryl Lynch, one of them will take it or they'll knock it back to one of the other lads to take. Uh, I think Connor Clifford and Brandon Cavanagh have been very good for them and they show their class and they should probably be doing a bit better. But again, I think it's kind of a similar problem to why they didn't go up last year as well, is that they didn't win some games they probably should have won and that cost them in the end. Because they were unlucky, but I think that's just the problem with Bray at the minute. And Gary Cronin did mention it. And actually, after the Athlone game, Daryl Lynch seemed to get another injury in the warm down, which is unfortunate. So that's another issue for Bray and another issue for Gary. But again, look, 
they are struggling. Well, they're not struggling. They're, they've only lost one game, but they've drawn four. Looking at Bray, we probably thought they'd be definitely up in the playoffs. So and maybe they'll get going in the next few weeks. But I think it's down to the strikers getting fit and coming coming back. And then then it'll start to click for them. Gary, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think you think you've hit the nail on the head there, Paul. It, it is the strikers. I mean, Gary Shaw, he got five minutes off the bench on Saturday night. Okay, Joe Doyle got some game time. Darrell Lynch it, it wasn't available at all. And it, they were, I mean, they, they drew nil-nil with Treaty United on the opening day. And look, if anyone deserved to win that game, it was Bray. And it was probably the lack of, of a striker, particularly in the last half an hour. And Treaty were, were hanging on and basically praying for the final whistle. And I, I think if any of those, uh, if the likes of Gary Shaw had been available, uh, he would have... Uh, probably taken one of the chances that were created. I mean, there is a very good spine to that Bray team. They're Brian Maher and Gold, who's an excellent goalkeeper. Aaron Barry, uh, Premier Premier Division, as far as I'm concerned, centre-back. And you have the likes of Conor Clifford and Brandon Kavanagh, who you've mentioned. So there's a very good spine there. I, I would expect Bray to start picking up wins, particularly when they can get... Uh, get a couple of those strikers back fit and, and scoring goals. Because again, the likes of Gary Shaw and Joe Doyle are, are, are good quality strikers. They will score a lot of goals in this division. And Darrell Lynch is a very, he's still a young lad. I think he's only, what is he, 17 or something like that. But he's definitely one for the future. And he is, um, he's a big, strong lad as well. So he's well capable of scoring goals. And uh, he did it last season. So I, I would expect Bray to end up certainly in the playoff places. And uh, I, I, I can't believe Gary Cronin is under pressure. I think he's got to be, given the injuries and everything, he's got to be given time. And uh, I, I think probably with the other strength of the teams in the division, I think it's probably too much to expect Bray to win the division. Even though they're not that far behind, they're still in the bottom half, but they're what is it? I think they're eight points behind that loan. But um, I, I certainly would expect them to end the season in the playoffs. And, and in the playoffs, you never know. Uh, probably very, they're very unlucky last season to end up in the playoffs. It only, only ended up, they should probably feel they should have won the division. So maybe this season, if they were to, to kind of just go on a run and get into the playoffs, might be going in with a, a, a different attitude and uh, could well be dark horses for promotion. Suddenly, that uh, text message in Gary Cronin sent Paul, in the context of it, something's actually getting more serious about asking, can you play up front, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm actually going to see Bray on, as we were talking about, I'm going to see them on Friday against Cork as well, this coming week. So that's a, an important game for both sides. I highly doubt either of them want to draw that, so I'm sure they'll both be going for it. Obviously, injuries depending with Bray and then, Cork, I think Cork just need to get something going big time. But uh, it's a big game and uh, that's it. That's the show, lads, unfortunately. The IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.